Episode of True North Nerd. This week, uh, well, it's going to be a bunch of stuff. We're going to uh, talk about the news, obviously. We're probably going to touch on uh, the latest episode of uh, Moon Knight. And uh, we're also definitely going to talk about a certain someone's vacation for a certain star-based show. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, first, we have Jen. Hi. We have Ryan. Hello. And we have a returning Kevin. I'm back! Yay! Yay. Kevin's back! Good to be back, although it was also great to be away. Oh, I wish I could go away. (laughs) Oh, I also spent way too much money. Mm -hmm. That's what vacations are. You go away, you spend way, way too much money, and they're never long enough. Yep. That's exactly right. But you had fun. I had a great time. Uh, Chicago is an amazing city. Cleveland rocks is Cleveland. Uh, but there are some fun (laughs) things to do there too, (laughs) but we'll get into that after the news, right? Ryan. Yes. The news. Brent has some news. Okay. So unfortunately we are starting uh, this episode off on a little bit of a sad note. Um, that sad note is, uh, comic book legend Neil Adams unfortunately passed away by the sounds of it either the day of this recording or the day before, uh, at the age of 80. Um, Neil Adams is one of those guys that, like, his influence cannot be understated on modern comics. Like, point blank. His work with Denny O'Neill shaped Batman more into the detective uh dark night mode than was currently that was happening before they had gotten on the book. He also worked with Denny O'Neill on the Green Lantern Green Arrow series which introduced uh the real world topic of addiction to the uh to the comics. Um and uh as a personal note, um I had gotten lucky enough to uh, meet Neil in a couple different capacities and a few times at various fan expos. And he was always very nice and very pleasant each time. One of my favorite Comic-Con memories is, is, is a story that I've told a number of times is I was working with the guys from Geek Hard and we were interviewing Neil. And, and this is like, now this is one of those moments that's completely etched in my memory due to who is involved. We're doing it. And I hear like just kind of a bustle behind me. And, uh, busting in on our interview is Stan Lee, who just comes in and is like, oh, I just came over to talk to my good friend Neil Adams. <laughs> and, 
we then had to blank out the audio at the request of Stan's manager at the time because they were talking some business stuff. So, but they were both very friendly and nice. And uh, it's it's sad. It, 80s, you know, it is a fairly good run. But these days it can be you can go a little bit older. It looks like the the cause of death was sepsis, which is like a kind of blood poisoning basically yeah um or a blood infection i guess but uh, i think it's an infection yeah and, and like the the yeah not a doctor <laughs> um the weird thing is is like in in Mayweather, like he's been it's hard to say he's been active because of the pandemic but like he basically online he has been a very active guy which is uh a little uh, different for a comic creator of his age and sort of stature. Like he's been doing sketches at like, and selling varying covers and stuff like that through online means and like doing online videos and things like that. Like it, it, he's been really sort of accessible even throughout the pandemic. So his Green Lantern, Green Arrow stuff and, and Batman stuff are probably what he's best known for, but he did do some work on like the X-Men as, as well. Like he, if my memory serves, he kind of just sort of comes in for a little bit. And then like the giant size X-Men that like kicks off the next run of X-Men happened. Mm. So, uh, yeah. So our, our condolences go out to his family. Uh, like I know one or two of his sons both work in the comics industry as well. So, yeah, all right. So from that sad news, uh, to the, uh, the, the next news, Ryan. Okay, where to start? Um, well, probably the thing we'll talk about the most about it then, if we start with it, we got a new trailer for Thor Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm, finally. I'm still yes. looking forward to this movie. And, of course, they give us another, you know, hard rocking song to hit, you know, that hit us right in the old nostalgia button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh... I, I don't feel the need to rush out and watch these trailers because I know I'm going to see these movies anyway. Yeah. Uh, so um, I don't forgive me if I can't remember all the details of the trailer, but I will say that Natalie Portman looks ripped. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's also She's a couple ripped. of shots that are like completely ripped out of that Jason Aaron run. Yeah. Uh-huh. The one shot where you see uh, Thor and, and, and Korg. Standing on the mountaintop, looking at the what the um, the creature the, yeah. that looks like it's fallen, like the dead creature. Yeah, it's a shot right out of out of that comic book run. And we did get a little look at uh, just like from behind, we got a look at uh, Russell Crowe as Zeus. Yeah. yeah. Do you think this will lead to uh, Hercules showing up? We haven't seen any sign of an MCU Hercules yet, have we? No. I don't see how I don't see why they're why we don't see Hercules. Like if we're gonna see Zeus and it looks like you know, maybe Olympus if we're seeing him like from the that shot or at least something like that, it's like why wouldn't we? Yeah. The interesting thing is, you know, up till this point, uh the the Asgardians, they weren't really regarded as gods in the MCU. They were like extra dimensional alien beings who were sort of worshipped as gods. But I think what with Moon Knight and everything that's going on on that show, we're getting away from that idea, that version of of gods in the MCU, and uh, we might get actual actual deities 
not that the no, the Asgardians aren't, but you know they they were never talked about like that way in the MCU. So except for Loki, Loki talked about himself that way. Right. <laughs> right. So uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see if um, if we get um, we get uh, cool uh, MCU pantheons. Yeah, we see Thor in his Ravagers outfit. And we see the Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Some cool interactions there. Um, it King Valkyrie. That, oh, yeah, King Valkyrie and New Asgard. Yeah. It's, I've always liked the Guardians movies. I think I'm a, I, and I think that the, I don't want to say the new Thor because he's been this kind of Thor for a while, but the, like the, the comedic Thor is a great fit for, uh, how the Guardians of the Galaxies have been in, in previous movies, so yeah. yeah, I'm super looking forward to this movie, even though uh, apparently Chris Pratt is a bit of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yes, it does look good. You know, we see the reformed hammer, we see Thor, you know, well, maybe not uh, his his reaction when he sees this, it all depends on how it's cut, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah. Can't wait to see it. When's that one coming out? July. Okay. Next. Next. Uh, Warner Brothers. So you know that they've been working on that Batgirl straight for a movie that was supposed to be straight to HBO Max. Mm-hmm. The one with uh, Michael Keaton playing Batman in it. And um, what's his name is playing Firefly um, from the Mummy movies. Brandon Fraser? Brandon Fraser. Yes. He's Ooh. playing Firefly. Um now there's talk they may be considering giving it a theatrical run. Cool. Mm. Everybody loves Brendan Fraser. And Batgirl. And Michael Keaton Batman. I think more Brendan Fraser right now. Like, the internet super loves Brendan Fraser. Yeah. But I think it... It, they must be thinking, or maybe you know, maybe it's looking really good this movie, this movie. So maybe that's why they're thinking, hey, we can make a couple bucks in the theaters with this before we put it on HBO Max. Could be. I mean, that's a, probably a good idea because then we can go see it. Well, we would see it on Crave, like Batman, right now. So you guys could just come and see it here. That's true. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's that's something that's happening. Uh, on the other end of that spectrum, Netflix has apparently um, lost 200,000 subscribers during the first quarter of 2022. Yes. Yeah. And with that happening, they have been on chopping uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. They have scrapped an animated adaptation of the comic book uh, Bo- uh, Bone. Yeah. I'm yeah. Sad. Yep. Did you see? Uh, did anybody see Jeff Smith's uh, little comic strip yes. to, uh, no. to talk about it? He basically had uh, Bone as uh, Charlie Brown, and <laughs> it just basically is the football with Lucy sketch each time, but with a different thing. Because this was like Aww. the third or fourth time Bone has been close to becoming an animated thing only for the rug to be pulled out at like mm. not last minute, but pretty far in the process. Yeah. Uh, that's annoying. Uh, they've also scrapped uh, the planned sequel to bright starring Will Smith. Huh. Now I'm sure that's a combination of uh, subscribers and his recent history. Yeah. 
another cancellation news. Uh, Batwoman has been canceled on the, from, on the CW. Yes. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. That could be coming uh, from the whole uh, redirection that uh, Discovery, Warner Brothers, or whatever it's called now, is uh, doing with all of their properties. Uh, who knows what's going on or what will happen moving forward with a lot of those shows. Um, in other Netflix news, it was just announced today that Space Force has been canceled, the Steve Carell, John Malkovich comedy. That's which I didn't realize until I saw that announcement that the like other season had come out. Yeah, yeah it, was first... only, it was only seven episodes. Yeah, it was short. And they left it on a cliffhanger. Yep. Oh, sh- I hate that. Well, then I'm, I'm not going to bother watching the second season because I don't want it to be ended on a cliffhanger. Even though I really liked the first season. I enjoyed the second season. Yeah, but I don't want it to end on a cliffhanger. I well, love Johnny Newsom, so I'll watch anything she's in. <laughs> um, So CinemaCon is going on right now, and there's been all kinds of movie news coming out of there. Yes. So, Sony has confirmed sequels for Venom and Ghostbusters. Woo! Mm. Um, they also was- mentioned... Now, I heard this on another podcast this morning, so take this with a grain of salt. They're, they're talking about doing a film set in the Spider-Verse about the wrestler that... Uh, that Spider-Man defeats before he becomes mm. Spider-Man. No. Okay, no. So you've got part of the story, but not the not all of the details. It's uh, based on uh, I think the character is called El Muerto. El Muerto. Yeah, which is not the wrestler that that's not Crusher Hogan. Oh, okay. And, and it's a recent character, like within like the the past like couple years, I think. Okay. Like somebody said, while working, one of the nice things is that working at Big B, you get this traffic flow of knowledge a little bit. Okay. And somebody said it was from the Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man comic from not too long ago. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, weird. (laughs) I'm looking at some CinemaCon news and it says that he's Marvel's first Latino superhero, which isn't correct. Maybe MCU's first Latino superhero. Even that's not correct, I don't think. But anyway, and that he's going to be played by the rapper Bad Bunny. Yes. Is uh, Bad Bunny a bunny? No. No, he's a... So this is... This is, like, veering off. We're not part of his demographic. Bad Bunny is a Latino hip-hop star. Like, he performs mainly, from what I understand, in Spanish. The uh, the interesting thing is, and I'm guessing it's part of how the casting came about, uh, Ryan and I are a little familiar with him because he has, he has appeared at, like, the last two WrestleManias. Like, mm. he has performed as a wrestler at them. Oh, interesting. So mm. as far as celebrity wrestlers go, too, is uh, he kind of picked it up pretty quick. He did a Canadian Destroyer, which is uh, pretty cool looking. Hmm. Canadian Destroyer? It's when you pour maple syrup on the guy? No, it's kind of like, uh, how did I explain it? It's a front flip into a power bomb. I liked it, Jen. Thank you. See, this is why Brent thinks I'm not funny. It's because my humor just goes right over his head. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward laughter. <laughs> okay. 
But, uh, yes, I didn't really put that one in my listing of news because I kind of chalk it up to the uh, I'll believe it when I see it, like uh, the Silver Sable and Black Cat movie that forever was coming that Uh was not coming. Yeah, but also, like, it's one of those weird things is, like, yeah, we'll believe it when we see it or not see it, but at the same time, it's like the amount of weird stuff Sony does with that Spider-Man rights that they have, this doesn't really seem like out of the realm of possibility either, does it? Right. Oh, no, I believe that they'll, they they might try to do it. It's just whether it actually happens. Yeah. Um. Yes. So more more news out of there. So, uh, they have done us some screenings of Top Gun Maverick, and the reviews are in, and they're calling it the best movie of 2022. Really. Hmm. Now, also the one rev- one of the reviewers who I saw say that uh, is she's wor- she's a reviewer for a bunch of these TV shows like those like Extra and all that kind of stuff. And I just looked at a, on her Twitter and a bunch of different movie reviews, and she always seems to be very very super positive about stuff. Well, that's nice. Yeah, I mean, I guess if your job is to critique movies, not so much, but <laughs> I like it when people are positive. Can I, can I slide in a bit of CinemaCon thing that I just thought was rather funny? Yeah, okay. Go for it. So I think they – I'm not sure if they showed footage, but they uh, they revealed uh, a poster for The Expendables 4. Are they all dead? <laughs> no, but it's funny you mentioned that. So the tagline on the poster is, they'll die when they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm looking at the cast listing for this Expendables and like, holy crap, they uh, they they brought in some new people who are uh, pretty awesome. So I'm uh, I go Uyas Uyisi Uyis the guy from the raid. He's in it. Tony Jaws in it. Sign me up. I will see this movie like four times. <laughs> Fifty Cent in it. Yes, 50 Cent is also in it. Okay, because the headline I saw was him talking about he was going to be carrying on the franchise after this or something. Uh, it, it seems to be that everybody figures by the sounds of it. Sylvester Stallone says this is his last one. And so. if you look at the poster, it has everybody's cast, like in the cast. And then it has like at the end of the last one, it's with Andy Garcia. So I guess Andy Garcia is probably either going to be the handler this round or the bad guy. And then it's and Sylvester Stallone, which people are thinking he might not actually be in the movie that long. Hmm. Um, I've heard various reports that basically the idea is, is this might end up being handed off to Jason Statham because, you know, he's not 70 years old. (laughs) No, he's only 60 years old. If he is, he's a good-looking 60-year-old. Okay. Um, apparently, they also showed the first 15 minutes of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. I did hear that. Um, I tried to find it and couldn't, even though I, f- I clicked on an article that said, see the first 15 minutes. I hear it's a scene with Gwen Stacy and her dad. And um, and that apparently it gets explained that because of what they did in the last movie, 
there are now portals opening up between dimensions and it's Miguel O'Hara who comes and shows up uh, to take Gwen away to try to close the portals. Who's Miguel O'Hara? Spider-Man 2099. The one we see at the end of the last one. Oh, okay. From the future. Um, apparently, there's also confirmation that a, there is a Spider-Woman, uh, Jessica Drew, in this movie. Oh, well, because the, the, the description I heard of the scene was that Gwen's dad comes home. You know, he's a police yep. he a commissioner and is complaining that uh, they can't track down that awful Spider-Woman. And um, his daughter is the awful Spider-Woman, right? Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> yeah, interesting. Uh, that movie's also been pushed back. Yes. It we got a been, couple pushbacks today. Yes, that one's Ooh. been delayed till June 2023 with then the third, uh, the second one, uh, the following year. Uh, then today's pushback were Ant-Man and, and the Wasp Quantumanium, um, Quantumania, sorry, and the Marvels have swapped release dates. Oh. So Ant-Man is now coming to us in February of 2023, and the Marvels has been pushed to July 28th of 2023. Oh, okay. Is the Marvels? That's one with Captain Marvel and Monica Rambeau and Ms. Marvel. Oh, okay. Um, the other thing I heard about uh, the new Spider-Verse movie is that compared to the last one, the the first the first Spider uh, Spider-Verse movie had 56 animated characters in it. And the new one has 256 different animated characters in it. Please. So there, there's a lot more moving parts to this new one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then staying with Spider, Spider News, uh, the director, John Watts, um, who directed all three of the MCU Spider-Man movies, uh, is, uh, was, was supposed to be directing Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. And he announced today that he is uh, going to be stepping back from that and is just looking to take a little time away from the uh, superhero blockbuster space after making three Spider-Man movies in five years. Fair enough. So just looking to take a break. So somebody else, you know, Marvel will have to find someone else to bring in the uh, Fantastic Four. I completely understand it, but it's too bad in some ways. He's a really good fit for the material. I think yeah. so, too. I don't know. I feel like at this point, the Fantastic Four, Fantastic Four is kind of cursed. Like, it's going to be hard for anybody to really take it on. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. Um, do, 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 do. Oh, <laughs> so uh, the original Doctor Strange film from 1978. Oh, I have is, watched that. Is coming to Blu-ray, courtesy of Shout Factory. Thank you, Shout Factory. Question mm-hmm. mark. Exactly. <laughs> that, have, have you guys watched that film? No. I saw it years ago. So it was a made-for-TV movie. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the the villain that he battles against is Morgan Le Fay, and oh. she is played by Jessica Walter. You all know Jessica Walter from Archer and... Yeah. Um, Arrested Development. I know her from Archer. She was a sex pod in the 70s. I bet. Oh, my goodness. Are we going to have to do a um, a screening of this movie? 
<laughs> no. As made for TV movies of the 70s go, it's not terrible. But if you want to see yeah. cool Doctor Strange stuff, uh, skip it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have a like dream that one Superman. day. I have a dream that one day we will host a festival of all these pilots and bad movies. <laughs> it's just kind of a reminder of like, hey, the, the le- next time you think the MCU is doing you wrong, this is what we had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, so I don't know if you get so there's a movie called Being Mortal. Uh, it's, a, it's an upcoming movie from Searchlight Pictures, and uh, the reason it's in the news is it's been uh, su- the, it's suspended its production after Bill Murray has been accused of inappropriate behavior on <sighs> set. Now it hasn't come out; to, no one is talking about what this inappropriate behavior is or was while it's being investigated. But it's Bill Murray, so I thought it was newsworthy. Um, moving on from that to happier news, we got a Jurassic World 3 trailer too this week, mm-hmm. and it looks really fun. So, I didn't finish watching the second movie. Did the dinosaurs win? <laughs> and and now they rule the world? So, at the end of the second movie, do you, what, how far did you get? Do you remember the auction? Yes. So there's and dinosaurs. then I might have fallen asleep. Okay, so there are dinosaurs in North America because of this auction, right? And, well, of course, they get loose from this house, and at the end, it's the dinosaurs getting, you know, running wild and being let out into nature. So, you know, it's not like they have any natural predators other than themselves. And they've already shown on Jurassic, in uh, Jurassic Park that... You know, nature finds a way. Yeah. So. I do like the baby blue. I think that's cute. Yeah. And I like how they got everybody from the original Jurassic Park back again. Well, this one is supposed to kind of wrap up Jurassic Park, air quotes, slash Jurassic World. You know, the, and, and then it's going to be something different moving forward if they move forward from the sounds of it. Because the dinosaurs are going to win. Yeah. And the next one is the dinosaurs enslaving the humans. Yep. And then, Maybe I yeah. should write these. <laughs> War for the planet of the dinosaurs, and yep. then Return then to the planet of the dinosaurs. <laughs> and it's Planet of the Apes all over again. And then we do a crossover with Fast and the Furious. Yep. <laughs> too fat, then, two dinosaurs. Because Blue has a family now, so... Yeah, now it turns into a rock and, and is that family part of the family? Well, maybe. <laughs> or it becomes like three men and a baby dinosaur. Yep. <laughs> I just picture, like, you know, Vin Diesel riding on the back of a dinosaur. Family. <laughs> Drifting it. <laughs> Can you drift a dinosaur? Why not? It's a very good answer. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I all I every time I see scenes um with that big uh aquatic dinosaur either in like surf waves or in this case we see it like attacking like a crabbing boat or a fishing boat or something, it's like ah oh, that's that's awesome. I just 
the, now the world, the, just the thing saying, now these people live in a world where there are monsters in the ocean that will eat your boat. Mm-hmm. So maybe the better crossover would be Pacific Rim. <laughs> or uh, um, the Meg. Yeah. We need Jason Statham stat doing Jason Statham-y things. Uh, and in a follow-up with that one, we got a Chippendale Rescue Rangers trailer. I really don't know how to feel about this movie. <laughs> I'm so conflicted. I'm more interested in watching the movie now after seeing this trailer than I was after the first trailer. Yeah. But I, part of me is, I, I don't want to be one of those you ruined my childhood people, but part of me is like, that's not them. Don't make them mature. They're kids. They're chipmunks. I know, but then I also am like, this looks really funny, so I'm like, I'm conflicted. Yeah, but at least <laughs> they make it so that that show, like that, what your childhood memories or show was a show. Yeah. Like, I love the fact that when they changed their voices right, to their normal voices, not their show voices. Yeah, that was funny. But then, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to watch it, don't get me wrong, because it does look funny, but and it's on I am Plus, conflicted. So it's yes. free. <laughs> Um, okay, another trailer. We got a new trailer for Lightyear. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is very interesting. We see you get more of the of the story. Uh, you saw this one, right, Kev? I have seen the Lightyear trailer, yes. It looks, it looks really cool, actually. I'm surprisingly excited for this film. Yes. I like the robot cat. <laughs> well, it looks like you get to see a lot of that cat. Woohoo! Um, and, uh, yeah, like, uh, you mentioned earlier, it looks like this is, uh, it's a time travel movie. Yeah. Um, basically because of time dilation, I think, when he travels, time is, time moves at different speeds from, depending on where you are relativistically, and he ends up on a planet with his best friend's granddaughter. Which is the planet he left. Yes. So, so, and I think yeah. we're going to get an origin for Zerg too. Yes, because we did get our nemesis. first look at him. So, so, yeah, I think it'll be fun. I really am excited. I think Chris Evans is a good choice for Buzz Lightyear. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll, I think it'll be a really uh, nice, nice, um, nice uh, way to cool off this summer in a dark theater. Yes. Uh, speaking of cooling off, this December we have a new movie coming to us. We have a release date for Avatar 2. Avatar, The Way of Water, will be coming to theaters December 16th, 2022. Mm-hmm. Okay, that means I need to see the first one again before yes, um, then. Because I have absolutely no memory of that movie except for Unobtainium, which drives me nuts. <laughs> and it does sound like we will be getting a trailer for it next week. Uh, sounds like the trailer's attached to Doctor Strange. That makes sense. Yep. Um, and that it it'll be it may be a bit before we see it online because it sounds like James Cameron wants it only to be playing in theaters because he wants people to see it on the big screen. I'm that sure that it will get released onto the internet, the and on TV eventually because well, it's called marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how you sell movies. Yeah. But uh, I can see him getting them to at least keep it for the first weekend, the first week or so as a theatrical release. Yeah. And then my last bit of news I got here, just uh, 
you know, a little thing. I was watching one of my, uh, one of the YouTube videos that I, the YouTubers I, I watch for like Star Wars stuff. And with, uh, Celebration coming up and, and everything and, and, uh, Star Wars Day next week, uh, I was watching to see what was going on and he started talking about Disney Parks had tweeted out, um, some teases for things coming to Galaxy's Edge and they were talking about bounty hunting and showing off a new and updated uh what's the what's the wristbands called Tev? those are called magic bands yes so it has like a different magic band than the current one and they showed um the side of a building with like a spray painted logo on it or it appeared you know made to look like it was painted on mm-hmm. and it was for some kind of like bounty hunting guild and it's already in the park. Like people have already spotted this building, this this marking on the building now in the park. Uh, but nobody knows. Uh, nothing's gone live yet. And they just kind of allude to there being opportunities to make for your fortune and stuff now. As you know, probably as part of the uh, the scanning and role play that you can do at Galaxy's Edge. Hmm. So that's always interesting to see new stuff like that. One of these days, maybe. So After when we you win the lottery or get a bunch of Patreons that want to send us to Florida. When you go to Galaxy's Edge the and you pull out your Play Disney Parks app, there are games and missions you can go on. And um, uh, I think this Bounty Hunter thing is just another sort of stream of missions that you can do. Oh, yeah. Um, like and that. they change up all the time. They, um, they add in take away things from those parks all the time. So that's it for my news. I got one piece of interesting news. That's going to make us all feel a little old when I get to where the money's coming from. Um, it was announced this week that Frank Miller is, uh, starting his own publishing venture along with Dan DiDio, who is formerly, uh, one of the heads of DC comics. The uh, company is currently known as uh, Frank Miller Presents, or FMP. The uh, the idea is it's going to be publishing uh, a bunch of stuff that like Frank wants to help give back and get some creators uh, their own books and place to uh, to play in. Hmm. Now, the the initial publishing plans also seem to include. A new Sin City comic, which will be set in the past of Sin City. It's called Sin City 1858. And a sequel to Ronin, which I could have sworn DC owned, but maybe that's been one of those things that the rights reverted back or sequel rights belong to Frank. Who knows? Um, now, where it gets uh, interesting is where the money's coming from. It's coming from a group called Spice DAO. Uh, we last heard of these guys, uh, because they were the, uh, crypto bros who bought the, uh, Jodorowsky Dune Bible last year and thought they could make a movie out of it. And then realized it didn't also include the rights to Dune because that's how rights work. <laughs> um, but they are apparently working on an original animated movie, uh, inspired by the Dune Bible. But won't actually be Dune, because that would get them sued. (laughs) Um, So apparently they have put up uh, some money. Uh, They have advanced uh, somewhere around 
basically 250,000 to 1 million of future NFT sales to, to help back this venture. Um, I'm assuming there is more money other than these guys. We just know that these guys are part of it. Um, and it looks like Frank Miller presents has a five, at least a five year publishing plan for like in their financing. So one of the, uh, the only other thing that we know is it looks like Dan DiDio is actually, uh, writing a book for the, the, uh, thing. And it looks like it's called Ancient Enemies. Hmm. Um, and Danello Byruth is doing the illustrations for it. No word on what it is, but it looks like kind of sci-fi-y, like a, a almost kind of Warhammer-y, because it's like big power armor with swords and shields and guns. So I guess we'll see how that goes. It, it's a little interesting to, to see this happen. Yeah. But at the same time, the, the powers that are involved with it, like Miller's name, regardless of what you might have think of some of his work, especially like his latest work, still carries a lot of weight. And Dan DiDio knows kind of what he's doing as a publisher. This is true. So, uh, yeah, interesting. And uh, the uh, do you have any news beyond Star Trek stuff, Kevin? Um, nothing major. Um, little Disney Parks news: the Space Mountain in Japan is going to be totally taken out and replaced by a new one. They're building a brand new Space Mountain with a new theme over there. Um, and the other thing that sort of is in my wheelhouse: uh, have you heard all about this new? Um, series coming to Disney Plus this Christmas based on Tim Allen's The Santa Claus films. Yep, we uh we talked about it a couple episodes ago. And did we cover who the star who the who the new lead is? Did you know that it's Cal Penn? No, that's no. not announced yet. I think yeah. that, um we thought uh, was it Tim Allen was supposed to be in it, is he not? Tim Allen oh yeah, all of the old people are in it. But the premise is that he's decided he wants to retire and pass on the mantle of Santa to someone else. Yes. And it looks to me from the descriptions that I'm reading that that person will be Cal Penn, who is playing a um, an, a, a character named Simon Choksi, an ambitious game inventor and product developer and devoted single father. He dre- His dreams of being the next Bezos – Fall, fail, fall drastically short, but all that changes after a visit to the North Pole. So, be prepared to see a, a beardier, fattier Cal Penn, I think. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. interesting. Um, and one last little bit of sort of in-house news, I guess. Um, our uh, official unofficial sponsor at Big B Comics is doing free comic book day on Saturday, May the 7th, starting at 10 a.m. Uh, there will be free comics, even more free comics if you bring uh, non-perishable food items for the food bank. And uh, if you uh, are not a regular visitor to the store, uh, feel free to come by and visit and pick up some comics and maybe some other stuff and say hi to me because I will be there that Saturday. Uh, if you wear a costume, you also get an opportunity to get extra free comics. Ooh. 
So, yeah. It's going to be a, we, we think it's going to be a very busy day. It's hard to say because it's, this is the first, uh, free oh, comic oh. book day after pandemic stuff. So. I think, I think it'll be packed. Mm-hmm. Could be. I've, uh, and because I've worked there, I've seen some of the, uh, free comic book day offerings and there's something for everybody. There, if you have kids, there's some kids books. There's some, uh, adult sort of books, like superhero books and other books and manga. Like there, there's a little bit of everything. So. There's usually some really great new, um, uh, all ages stuff that comes out of free comic book day, isn't there? Uh, usually there's a couple, yeah. Yeah. And then usually Marvel and DC use it as an opportunity to, to set up their uh, big summer events. Their events. Uh, I yeah. think there's a Spider-Man Venom book that's coming out that's tying into stuff that's going to be happening later. And um, I don't know what the DC book is. Uh, don't they have a crisis happening right now? Uh, Didn't they just kill starting. all the Justice League? Yes. Yes, they did. There's always a crisis going on. <laughs> that is also very true. And, uh, yeah. It's, yeah. That's comments right. for you, kids. Alrighty. Yeah. So, uh, let's slide into our next segment with, uh, Kevin. Kevin went to a very good, very, or at least sounding, uh, Star Trek convention. And so he was not here on the last episode. So, uh, yes. I'll just throw, uh, the, the floor is now yours. Kevin, how was the convention and, uh, anything interesting come out of it? The convention was fun. It was, um, a little bit different than the last big Star Trek convention I went to. The, uh, the company that has the rights to do official Star Trek conventions has changed. So when I went to Star Trek Las Vegas in 2019. That was the last time Creation had the rights to do official Star Trek conventions. Now, they are still doing unofficial Star Trek conventions, and people seem to love those, so that's that's great. Uh, Read Pop, the company that runs Star Wars Celebrations, now has the rights to do the official Star Trek conventions. This is actually their second Star Trek convention. They did the 50th anniversary convention, uh, Mission New York. So they call their conventions missions. So this year's convention was Star Trek Mission Chicago, and it was held for three days uh, at McCormick Place Convention Center in downtown Chicago, a convention center that was much larger than uh, than it needed to be for the number of attendees and vendors. Um, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It was nice to have lots of space. Um, if you are a person who's been to Fan Expo in the past and you know how claustrophobic it can feel because you're wall-to-wall people and you're always touching a stranger because there's just no room in the aisles, uh, that was not an issue at this convention. From what I heard, there were only about 8,000 people in attendance. And the convention floor was huge. Like, picture... Picture one of the convention floors for Fan Expo. Uh, like, it was that size. I also heard that there was a little trouble behind the scenes and that there were vendors who got 
overlooked or dropped at the last minute because there was some change in staffing behind the scenes. That's all sort of hearsay and rumor that I heard from talking to people who were involved sort of on the other side of uh, dealers and vendors tables. Uh, but it's the first year they're working the kinks out. I get that. Um, the convention, there were three hotels attached to the convention center, and even though apparently they were warned, please keep your bars and restaurants open late, people will want to hang out and chat, uh, uh, the word I heard was, they said, oh, no, people who go to conventions, you know, they're on company credit cards, and so they go out for steaks and strippers uh, in the evening. Uh, and so there were a lot of, not angry, but sort of, unruly fans who were looking for places to go in the evening because unlike the convention I went to in Las Vegas in 2019 there wasn't a lot of evening programming at this convention like things seemed to wrap up around 6 o'clock every day so you ended up with all of these people looking for things to do and places to go and places to eat and sit and chat um, once 6, 7 o'clock rolled around and we were sort of in a part of Chicago that didn't have a ton of restaurants and the ones that they did have got overwhelmed pretty quickly. Uh, but those are all sort of minor technical quibbles because I had a great time. And uh, do you guys have any questions? Is there anything you want to know uh, uh, about the convention uh, before I just keep rambling? I mean, so far, it sounds like a pretty ideal convention to me. Enough mm-hmm. space. You don't have to touch anybody in your mm-hmm. hotel room by six. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So there was a huge ballroom. Uh, There was a ballroom where the big panels went. There were a few sort of smaller programming rooms where they did do some smaller panels. And um, there were some things that were more popular than I think they expected to be. And so those small rooms got overflowed, overfilled a little quickly. Uh, That uh, one night they one one when I say night, I'm talking 5 p.m. One day at 5 p.m., uh, they had a drag show. Um, uh, there was a drag queen named Jackie Cox who was on season 12 of RuPaul's Drag Race. She's a huge Star Trek fan, and she does Star Trek drag. And so she cool. she brought her drag sh- her Star Trek drag show to the convention, and that room was over overfull. And unfortunately, I had to leave before it ended. She was an amazing performer. She made a lot of money that night too, uh, the way drag queens do by taking tips. And uh, I wish I'd been able to see the whole thing because she was fantastic. We did get to talk to her on the on the convention floor. At, she was at one of the um, uh, one of the sort of representational uh, 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 gaze in space booths, and uh, we might be having her on Galaxy Class, our our Star Trek podcast that I do with my friends. Um, The other panel that I thought was sort of really overfull was a, there was an improv show. Uh, You know, the actress Mary Chifo, who plays Laurel on Star Trek Discovery, the Klingon Chancellor, she has gotten into improv, uh, and they do Star Trek improv. They improv complete Star Trek episodes in front of your eyes. It was quite fun, too. Um, so those were sort of the fun side panels. The big panels, for me, the highlight was the Lower Decks panel. All the main cast, except for Rutherford, were there. So uh, Tawny Newsom, who plays uh, Mariner, uh, Jack Quaid, who plays Boimler, um, uh, Mary, is it Mary Wells, who plays... Um, uh, 
you know, Ryan girl, uh, her name's gone out of my head. Uh, and also, um, Jerry O'Connell, who plays uh, Commander uh, Ransom, they were all in attendance, plus Mike McMahon, the showrunner and creator of the show. They were all on the panel, and they they um, uh, created history at this panel as the first complete Star Trek cast to show up at a convention in uniform. They were all wearing <laughs> Lower Decks uniforms. Apparently, it was some kind of dare uh, for... Um, for um, um, for Boimler, and uh, he even showed up wearing the purple wig so that he looked like his character. Um, uh, and I think that was that panel was the most fun. Uh, they got the whole crowd to chant lower decks, lower decks, and you know, just sitting in a room with 2,000 people chanting lower decks was kind of awesome. Uh, the, the other great um, show panel I thought was Prodigy. Um, that panel, it was the couple of showrunners. Kate Mulgrew was there, and they had somebody in a mascot costume of Dal, Dal, who's sort of your Captain E character on Star Trek Prodigy. Um, but the highlight of that was that they got young kids to ask questions because that's the show that's aimed at kids. And, and they asked each one of them who their favorite character was. And they all said Murph. Murph, the little shape-shifting uh, blob of goo that uh, everybody <laughs> seems to love. Uh, we we know that we have 30 more episodes of Prodigy coming. Uh, there's 10 more episodes in season one, and they have already completed, uh, or they're working on 20 episodes for season two. So that's good news. Um, we got to see a few scenes from the new season of Lower Decks. Um, it's um, I don't know if you've noticed, if you have saw the posters for each season of that show, but each one was based on a film. The first one was a Star Trek The Motion Picture uh, uh, poster. We're now at season three. That is The Search for Spock, in which case, in this, in this case, the Lower Deckers steal the Cerritos to try to find um, the captain who has been taken by Starfleet Command. Or has she? We don't know. Somebody's taken her. And uh, I think it's going to be fun. We got to see, um, we got to see a scene of, of our favorite Lower Deckers playing um, a role-playing game uh, a la Dungeons and De- Dragons called Batlefts and Borats. And um, instead hmm. of a dungeon master, there was a holographic General Martok who ran the game, and that's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to seeing that whole episode. Um, for Prodigy, we got to see uh, a scene of the actual Janeway, uh, who is going on a quest to find Chakotay and the ship. So she looks pretty pissed off, and I'm sure she'll be quite upset when she finds the protostar and finds that these non-Starfleet kids are on it. Um, I don't think that's going to sit very well with her, so that'll be interesting. Uh, the other highlight panel, of course, was Strange New Worlds. We got to see um, Anson Mount and Ethan Peck and Rebecca Romaine and um, the actress who's playing Uhura and um, the showrunners and... We got to see the first bridge scene from that series, uh, which, uh, debuts as you're listening to this, the uh, listeners, this Thursday is the, uh, is the first episode of Strange New Worlds. And we got to watch it with the cast 
who had also never seen it. So that was kind of fun. Uh, I mean, they had worked on it. They knew what the scene was, but they'd never seen it finished. And so yeah. that was pretty exciting um, to to watch. Uh, you know, they had to be pretty cagey. They can't answer any questions, really, because um, because the show hasn't aired yet. So uh, that was 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 really fun. Uh, there was a panel on Star Trek Picard. Uh, Michelle Hurd was there. The actress who plays the Borg Queen. Um, who else was there? Um, was Jerry, no, Jerry Ryan wasn't there. Was she? I don't remember. Anyway, the very first thing they said was, we can't talk about season three. Because as you recall, just before the convention, on First Contact Day, they announced that the entire Next Generation cast will be in next season's uh, Picard. Uh, the the 10 episodes will include your favorites, Crusher and Riker and Troy and Jordy and Data and Worf. They're all going to be there. And they were explicitly told, we were explicitly told, do not ask questions about season three. We cannot answer any questions about season three. So what happens? Of course, some woman gets up at the mic and says, now this isn't a question about season three, actually, but if you could do anything you wanted in season three, what would it be? And they're all like, we told you we can't talk about season three. Well, I don't want you to talk about season three. I want you to talk about what you would do. Well, they've already filmed season three. It's done. There's no point in asking about it. And the woman got very pissed off that they wouldn't answer her question. So that was kind of <laughs> That was kind of funny because, you know, pissed off Star Trek fans are, are you know, a dime a dozen. Uh, uh, there was also a Discovery panel. Um, not much news came out of that one. We we are getting a season five. It'll be ten episodes again. Um, so, yeah, it's just crazy that we've got five Star Trek shows on TV right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, so those were sort of the big panels where any sort of news could come out of. And there wasn't a ton because we're sort of in information embargoes right now, right? Because yeah. are, are on their way. Um, there weren't a ton of vendors on the uh, on the on the show floor. Uh, again, that's because of some behind the scenes troubles that Repop had. And uh, because I didn't, I spent the whole first day and didn't buy a single thing. On day two, I did break down and buy a three hundred and fifty dollar jacket. Yeah, you overcompensated. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> I tried it on. I'd seen people walking around in these jackets. They had several styles. Um, the one I liked was the Star Trek Discovery blue jackets. So they are subtle enough that I can wear it and people won't know it's a Star Trek jacket. But if I put a com badge on it, it's totally a Star Trek uniform. Uh, they are handmade. They are... Uh, uh, they're, they're just gorgeous. And I slipped it on and it fit me perfectly. The first one I tried on, the sleeves were the right length. It was the right fit around the waist. The length was good. I'm like, Oh fuck, I'm going to buy, be. I'm going to buy this, aren't I? So I do not regret it because I love it. To be. Uh, I've got it right here. Let's see. The company that made it is called Vol- Volante Design. Uh, this is a Star Trek discovery, and several of my friends bought these as well. Um, I bought it with the bra- uh, bronze uh, trim, so all of my stitching is is that bronze color. They're, they also came in gold and silver, just like on the TV show. Uh, Amy bought a, a, a ladies' cut one, and a friend of hers bought another one as well. 
They also sell like Star Trek The Next Generation style jackets and uh, another friend of mine, Chrissy, she bought a Monster Maroon jacket. That's the ones from the movies. Those looked way too much like a uniform for me. This, I feel like I, I've been wearing it as my daily go-to jacket uh, because it's so comfortable um, and I love it. So, um, yeah, uh, I spent way too much money on that thing, but I love it. So, so it's all good. How, how heavy of a jacket spending. is it? Was it like a spring, um, a yeah. winter? It's not heavy enough that I would wear it all winter, but it's a really good windbreaker, and uh, it's um, the material almost feels like a denim, but I was told it's dry clean only, so I need to, um, you know, when it does get dirty, I need to take it to a dry cleaner. But uh, I love it. I do love it. You've seen it, Ryan. It's It's cool, right? I haven't seen it. Oh, it's been at work every day. Yeah, but I don't see you leave every day. That's true. Because when I leave, you've been staying for overtime. That is true. Uh, so I, 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 I got for the jacket. Yeah, I got to pay for that jacket somehow. Yeah. Um, uh, I really want to uh, see it. It sounds very nice. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. So yeah, I I love it. Um, so wait, I, this, so this jacket's not the shirt you were wearing backwards all day one white day. No. So I bought <laughs> I bought a cosplay. I bought a Star Trek Picard uniform top so that I could have cosplay for the convention because all my friends are cosplayers. And I put it on on Friday, not realizing that I had been wearing it backwards all day. The uniforms have an open an opening space in the front, and I had it on backwards because that's the side the zipper is on. Um, nobody noticed, and I didn't notice until my friend Ewan switched costumes and put his Picard uniform on and had it on the right way around. And that is when I realized I had been wearing it backwards all day, but not a single person noticed or commented. So, Mm. yeah. So uh, there was that. Um, I did my first photo shoot, photo op with a celebrity. Um, I don't normally do those. And uh, again, a friend paid for it. And it was supposed to be with three of the lower deck uh, actors. Uh, one of them, she had to she had to go away. Uh, so it was just Tawny Newsom and Jack Quaid. And it is my favorite photo I've ever seen at a convention. Uh, we were just having such a great time, and they were game. The actors were game. And those uh, photo ops are are like herding cattle, right? It's like you've got you've got twenty seconds to say hello, pose, and take a good picture, and then you're ushered out so the next people can get in. But uh, it was fun, and I love that picture. And it's my current Facebook profile picture if you want to see it. Um, it's all of us just being goofy with the uh, stars of Lower Decks. So it was good. All in all, the convention was great. I really loved it. Next, they have announced that next year's mission is Mission Seattle. Uh, and it's going to be a little bit later in the year, end of May. So I'm thinking maybe, maybe I will be attending Mission Seattle. We shall see. Cool. I, I loved it. Just Glad the, you had a good time. I, I just get this feeling when I'm at Star Trek conventions that I'm with my people, you know. There's, there's nothing wrong with a general fan convention like Fan Expo. It's... Uh, tens of thousands of people who are all nerding out, but everybody's nerding out over different stuff. You've got anime people and cosplayers and Star Trek people and Star Wars people and comics people. This was 
from what I hear, the numbers wise, eight thousand people who were all there because they love Star Trek, and uh, and it really seemed to embody Star Trek's vision of inclusivity and diversity. You know, there uh, we met, uh, we met a we met a deaf physicist who teaches physics at uh, University of Illinois. Uh, we met we met uh, queer uh, gender bending podcasters. I you know we met people who traveled from other countries, people who barely spoke English, but we were all there because we loved Star Trek, and uh, I just had such a great time, and. Uh, uh, my friends know so many people that now I know so many people and, um, uh, my circles are getting bigger and, um, I'm excited. I'm excited to go to, um, Mission Seattle, I think. Ah, I'm looking at your pictures. <laughs> your yeah. Picture is awesome. <laughs> isn't that a great, isn't that a great picture? I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm so uh, glad you had such a good time. It looks like you had a blast. Oh, we did. And then um the convention was 3 days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and um we we uh all stayed in Chicago until um until Friday. So then we, I had 5 days to sightsee in Chicago and I fell in love with that city. It's a great town. I would uh go back to Chicago in a heartbeat. Did you go to the Bean? We did go to the Bean. We went to the Bean. Uh, we went to the Museum of Science and Industry. We went to the Art Institute. We did an architecture cruise. We went up on top of skyscrapers. We went to a lot of rooftop patios and drank very expensive cocktails. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's get to what everybody wants to know about deep dish pizza. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, what's I your opinion? Deep dish pizza twice. On Sunday night after the convention, a bunch of us ended up at a Giordano's, we ordered a deep dish pizza. It had pepperoni and mushrooms uh, and green peppers on it, I think. It was fine. I wasn't overwhelmed by it. Uh, there was a slice left. There were six of us, and there was still a slice left over, which I ate for breakfast the next day. Uh, later in the week, a few of us did a food tour of Chicago. It was a walking tour that included stops at five restaurants, and you got to taste Chicago delicacies. First stop was an Almon, Al, Almonati's, Monetti's, uh, deep dish pizza, and it was so much better. I loved it. And so, and it just was a cheese pizza, and it was great. I do love me a deep dish pizza. However, having said that, is that the pinnacle of Chicago food? I do not think so. I would argue that the beef sandwich, the Italian beef sandwich, may be a better food, or even the hot dog. I did really enjoy a Portillo's hot dog. So um, uh, if you if you ever go to a city you're not familiar with, I suggest looking for food tours. Uh, I'm thinking about doing one in Toronto this summer. I'm sure there's got to be a cool walking tour of Kensington Market that takes you to all these great food places. But a food tour, we got history, we got architecture, we got food. And it wasn't that expense. I think we paid $65, and it was a three-hour tour with food. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, yay to the deep dish pizza. Uh, you can't eat it with your fingers. you got to use a knife and fork. <laughs> yeah. So. Jen and I have been talking about, uh, like, on and off with a bunch of, like, people that we should do a Best Burger of Berry tour at some point. Oh, 
because it's local and we can do it easy enough over a couple weekends. But hmm, that's not a bad idea. I do like burgers. Mm-hmm. All right. Before we wrap up this episode, uh, the second to last episode of Moon Knight has appeared. Um, just sort of quickly around the table. Uh, everybody caught up for one. Yes. Yes. <coughs> Oscar Two. Isaac is just like crazy. He is so yeah. good in this show. Mm. Yeah. 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 Uh, he, I hope he is in contention for Oscars. Well, this, this wouldn't be no, Oscars. No, this Emmys. would be Emmys. 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 That's what I meant to say, Emmys. Yes. Yeah, uh, pretty awesome, but at the same time, like, we only got one episode left. This is not the show that I thought we were going to get. Like, we haven't even seen Moon Knight in the last two episodes. This is, like, a a psychological drama about a guy with disassociative disorder, right? Like, this is about one man's private trauma. And, uh, it was, um, it's, it's great. It's great. And I'm just afraid that we're going to end with a, with a slap bang Marvel fight at the end. And I don't know if that's what this show needs. I'm also a little worried because I have heard that the finale is one of the shortest last episodes of a Marvel series. And I feel like there's so much left hanging over this show that we need a longer episode, not a shorter episode this week. Yeah, I was just going to say, I was just reading that, uh, I just saw that on uh, Facebook as well. Now that's assuming it isn't leading into something else. Yeah, there have not been a lot of references to other Marvel properties. There was a very oblique Black Panther reference in the last episode. Um, when the hippopotamus goddess mentions Mm -hmm. the ancestral plane, which is Mm -hmm. where all the panthers go. Uh, but that's really been it for references. I'm wondering, like, we haven't even had a Rama Tut reference, which would tie in with Kang, who we know is coming. Uh, there's been nothing. It's been kind of nice that it's self-contained. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where it goes, but I also don't want it to end because it's really good. Yes. It's very good. Yeah, it, it's an interesting place because we know Oscar Isaacs has stated that uh, that he didn't have the what he referred to as the golden handcuffs. Like he is not it, when he signed on for Moon Knight, he signed on for these six episodes and didn't sign on for anything else. Not like the the Samuel Jackson or Robert Downey Jr. nine movie deal yeah. or anything like that. Now, does that mean he hasn't signed something since then? To do more, we we don't know. Like they're, they're keeping that very very quiet. If he has, um, I would like to think that there is there is the thought, especially given the reaction the show is getting, that there will be more in some way, shape, or form. I feel like yeah. Oscar Isaac has maybe learned from Star Wars because. By all accounts, he felt very trapped by his contract with Star Wars, and also the movies didn't play out, I think, the way that he had thought they were going to. And maybe now he's thinking he's thinking twice about getting into another kind of contract like that. So 
That well, I mean that that would be my kind of gut reaction. I have absolutely nothing to base this on. I mean, he also was apocalypse, right? So yeah, yeah. he didn't want to get stuck in that kind of a thing. I, the, I heard an interesting story that when he was offered the role, he was given the scripts for episodes one and episode five, and uh, it was on the strength of those two episodes that he said yes. So. Hmm. Mm. I mean, it's an absolutely amazing show, so I really hope we get a season two. Or well, depend- something. Depending on how this ends. <laughs> well, we do know Werewolf by Night is coming, and that's where Moon Knight first appeared, so maybe maybe there'll be a Moon Knight appearance in that. Because Werewolf be. by Night, isn't there like a Halloween, a, a Marvel Halloween special? Coming yes, there season? is. Yeah. It's one of those things that, like, we don't know anything about it other than it's supposedly coming. Yeah. So uh, I guess the next episode of the podcast, we'll have a big wrap up and see uh, see if uh, we had our expectations uh, tempered or if it met all of them by the end. Because right now, I don't know if if Harrow and Khonshu and all the Egyptian gods are real or are Mm -hmm. they all in Mark Spector's mind? I have no idea. Like the show could go either way. Oh, man, if everything that's happened has just all been in his mind, then he's got an amazing per- er, imagination to have all of these gods and all of their avatars and all of this insanity going on. Like, that's just, it seems like it's too much. And and there's still the the thought that um, that there's another personality we haven't seen yet. Yeah, there, there, there's been hints. There, yeah, uh, definitely during one of the scenes in uh, in the psych ward, uh, the the accent seems to change remarkably drastically. Mm-hmm. And, but we we will see where that goes. Yeah, right. Oh, all the all the scenes revealing his tragic backstory were so tragic. It was and, so sad. Yeah, and Stephen ended up being a hero, right? Stephen sacrificed himself for Mark. Yeah, I hope Stephen's not gone forever. I like Stephen. I know it's well, all a personality, but for me, I'm thinking that that might be because it might be very difficult to portray three personalities in one guy. Maybe they are doing like Stephen is gone now, and now this third personality is going to come up without that kind of mitigating force that is Steven because he sacrificed himself. It'll just be Mark and this crazy murderer guy. Mm. Well, Mark is the crazy murderer guy, isn't he? Well, we were watching a YouTube video where the theory is that um, the third personality is a much more crazier murdery guy. (laughs) Like Like Mark, Mark murders because he has to, and this guy murders because he likes it. So if that theory is correct, and maybe Stephen was the calming presence, and with Stephen gone, um, it'll be now the two murdery ones. We'll find out in a little less than a week. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm, uh, I'm really curious, I, and I'm really liking it. I'm I'm a big fan of the the comic book character, so it's been and it's been interesting, like how they're they are working bits and pieces into, you know. The, little bits and pieces of the comic stuff that didn't initially fit into like the, into it now, like it, you know, the, his Jewish background and stuff like that. 
Um, I, I will say though that the, the dude who plays his dad in the flashbacks, I, for a couple minutes there, just because of how he's dressed, I thought it was JJ Abrams. <laughs> yeah, no, I can see that. I can see that. Well, this brings us to the end of yet another episode. So I've that- got some breaking news. Breaking oh. news, as I've been uh, looking on th- uh, online while we uh, co- talk uh, here. Um, DC's Legends of Tomorrow has also been canceled. That was just announced, and it's been canceled on a cliffhanger. Yeah, that's too bad, too. So we're bringing in Booster Gold. Yeah. So, um, that means the only CW, is it Flash? Uh, is, and Superman and Lois, which really have been sort of only tangentially atta- connected, uh, to the rest of the shows. So yeah, uh, Flash has been renewed for season nine and Superman and Lois has been renewed for season three, but Legends and Batwoman have been canceled. Uh, there was even talk of a possible blue and gold, uh, uh, meet up in the the thing I think Warner Brothers wants to bring the Arrowverse to a close so they can start building up a new DC TV universe on HBO Max oh yeah so but it would have been nice if Legends had gotten a proper a proper finish yeah hopefully they show up on Flash and um and and can um finish out their storyline. Yeah, I I part of me says this is uh unfortunately they are casualties of not only the DC possible re- reorganization but also of the the Warner Brothers merger not merger thing that's currently going on. Yeah. Cuz that that seems like it's going to shake up and change a lot of things in that sort of Warner television environment. Like uh, this week, it sounds like uh, the Turner networks that, that Warner had are now like not putting any money into scripted programming anymore. So that, that's an interesting development and we, we will see if maybe that's something that's carrying over into like the CW shows or not. So, Anyway. Alrighty. On that sad note, who's got a geek pick? Okay, I got one. Uh, the long-awaited conclusion to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Last Ronin issue five came out this week, and uh, I picked my copy up. I read it, and I was happy with how it finished. I thought it was uh, it wrapped up the story well, and with a little hint of something that they could continue with some more in that timeline. What did you think of it, Brent? I know you picked it up, too. Oh, it it was a great ending. Um, I'm I'm being very careful because I know it just came out, and I don't want to spoil it too, too much. But uh, if you're reading it, get it. If you're not reading it, you can still find the the first four issues. Uh, Pick them up. Read it. If you're a Turtle fan, you'll, you'll enjoy this book. And there's a, a hardcover has been solicited as well. Yes, so, and yeah. action figures to come. Yeah, yeah. They're in this <laughs> month's previews. I saw them. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Hmm. I, uh, I, 
I haven't had much time for much of anything since I got back because I'm in a show that opens next Thursday or this Thursday as you're listening to this. So if you like musicals, if you like the music of the 70s and you like disaster movies, come see Disaster the Musical at South Simcoe Theater opening uh, on Thursday, May the 4th. Uh, and we run till the 22nd. So that's a great geek pick. Please come to the theater. I'm a theater geek, so that, that works. Um, Star Trek Picard, keep watching that. One episode to go. I'm really excited about where we've left off with the last episode. Me too. I do find that the new batch of Star Trek shows do tend to drag in the middle a little, but the characters are so compelling that I, I love watching, and I think we're going to a good place for the end of uh of Star Trek Picard. So we'll make that my geek pick. Watch Star Trek Picard on Crave uh, Thursday mornings. I watch it before I go to work on Thursday mornings. Mm, Me too. (laughs) I don't know when I'm going to have time to watch both that and Strange New Worlds next week. I don't know what is going to happen. My head is going to explode. So we'll find it. We'll find a time. Well, you watch... Picard before you go to work on Thursday and Strange New Worlds before you go to work on Friday. I guess that's going to be have to be what it is. <laughs> hey, do you know if it's going to be airing, uh, going to crave like Picard, or is it going to be like Discovery? I assume it will be like Picard. I think the only the only reason Discovery, I think Discovery being the first of the shows, might be under a different contract than the rest of the Star Treks. Okay. So I'm hoping, because neither of the animated shows wait that extra day. That's true. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm quite confident that Strange New Worlds will show up Friday morning. I might just have to get up at 4 o'clock on, on Thursday morning to watch both shows. I, I wouldn't do that. that. That means your Thursday will be stupid long. This is true. I've been waking up at 4 o'clock anyway. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> Tell my body that. <laughs> my bladder. Just, go, go back to bed afterwards. Uh-huh. That was yeah. one of my favorite memes that I've seen. It's the best part of waking up is going back to bed after you pee. Yeah. <laughs> you know, from that Folgers. Yes. Um, yes. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, my geek pick, I guess. Um, did I do Kipo in the Age of Wonder Beast last time? I don't remember. I don't yeah. think so. Okay, well, it's amazing, so I will do it again if I did it already, and if I haven't, I'll do it a first time. Uh, so on Netflix, there's this awesome animated show called Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beast. I think I did talk about it last time. I think you did. Yeah. Anyway, I want to talk about it again because I'm still watching it. Now I'm on season two, and it's getting really cool. So, um, yeah, listen to the last episode to figure out what it was about, I guess. But you should keep watching it if you are started, if you haven't, um, if you liked, uh, you know, Gravity Falls or Owl House on Disney Plus, um, then you'll like I think you'll like Keepo in the Age of Wonder Beasts. So now I'm into season two and we're getting a lot more of Keepo's history and the history of the other main characters. And they're trying to fight. Uh, Scarlamane, which is this, as far as I can figure, possibly genetically engineered super baboon who has pheromones that can control humans. And it's really cool. He's the bad guy. So, um, yeah, watch Kipo. That's my geek pick. <laughs> Again, possibly. And Brent! Brent! <laughs> 
<sighs> I was going to go with the last Ronin, but Ryan took it. <laughs> it can be uh, yours uh, too. Um, it, it, it's a great read. If you like the turtles, it it's definitely you know is is in the vein of a Dark Knight Returns or a book like that. But it, it's still a really solid read. Um, one of the other, I guess, perks that comes with working in a comic shop is you get to read all these books every week and it, like it, it is part of my job to know the product at this point. And there's been some really good stuff coming in on a whole. And I, I also got to just like sort of keep myself from like just adding everything to my poll. Yeah, uh, the goal I, is to come out of the store with money. They're yes, paying exactly. Um, but I, I will say the current run of the Punisher is really interesting and, and, it, it, it's interesting from the fact that, like, so there was a little bit of a uh, a brouhaha because he's now part of the hand. But it the when you read the first two issues, and now part of it is definitely they want to get away original Punisher symbol for a while because uh, a number of right wing nut bars adopted it as the, their symbol, but the the way that they're doing this story, it makes sense what he's doing and why he's working with the hand. And I don't want to give away much more than that. So uh, the current run of uh, The Punisher from Marvel Comics, they're up to issue two. Uh, definitely worth checking out. Cool, cool. That is it for this episode. Next episode uh, will probably be the Moon Knight Blowout Spectacular. And, and maybe a little Doctor Strange doing. Yeah, that too. But before we go there, we we must thank uh, our wonderful patrons. Patreon.com slash True North Nerds. <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> I think he's allergic to our patrons. No, no, I'm not. Certainly not. They just make me so happy that I sneeze. Like looking into funny. the sun. Their brightness makes you sneeze. That was so funny because I heard him sneeze in the basement, then I heard him sneeze over my headphones. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of a delay. <laughs> I'm really tired. Uh, uh, anyway, thank you so much to our patrons for just, I'm taking over, for just $3 a month, you can uh, contribute to our Patreon and help us keep this show going. Um, so I'd like to say thanks to our patrons. We've got... Uh, Rex, Gavin, uh, Mike Hammond, Team Woods, Alex James, and Ryan O'Vision. Thank you so much for continuing to contribute to the podcast. We really, truly appreciate your support. And um, if you're interested in just $3 a month, please go to patreon.com slash true north thirds. Mm. And uh, we'll go around the table. Uh, just plug your shows. Uh, let's start with Kevin. All right, so there is Stage Whispers, the local theater podcast. We have a great episode coming out very soon, which is an interview with um, musical composer uh, Leslie Arden. That's going to be our next episode. Um, if you want to hear me talk more about Star Trek, you can listen to Galaxy Class now on the BQN. We've changed the network. So uh, there's been an assimilation and a takeover. Uh, so uh, so look for Galaxy Class on BQN. Uh, that is 
you know, the last episode was a great trivia contest and some convention wrap up. And uh, uh, we're doing lots of fun stuff over there on, on BQN and, and Galaxy Class. Ryan, what are you up to on uh, besides this show? Uh, well, now I work Saturdays at the comic book store, too. So uh, come on in and say hi. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can meet Brent and myself there. Uh, but uh, if you want to follow uh, my other show that I do with uh, Snowhawk Cosplay, Ed Campbell, uh, Tales from the Collectiverse, uh, that one comes out once a month, usually the third Thursday. Um, and we have our Instagram, Tales from Collectiverse, where we post uh, photos of our latest acquisitions and some videos of unboxings and whatnot. And uh, yeah, we have a good old time over there. So yeah, give it a like, follow us. That's where you can find us. Yeah, already, Jen? Um, well, you can always go to truenorthers.com to have links to all of these great things as well. Uh, there you can find Sailor Snacking, which we haven't really updated anymore, and I'm not sure if we're going to keep going, but our past episodes are still awesome, so you can listen to those if you're interested. Uh, you can also check out my um, toy Instagram, that inspired by Tales from the Collectorverse, only uh, I talk about dolls and ponies. So you can go to at dolls and ponies on Instagram and see pictures of my Barbies. And I just had a whole run of uh, all of my Amidalas because I have quite the extensive Queen Amidala collection. Um, and I'm trying to decide which collection to photograph next. So maybe I'll put up a poll because I think there's some people who may vote for that. But I don't know. <laughs> So, yeah, go to Dolls and Ponies, see which Barbies I've been spending all of uh, the mortgage money on, and uh, some other great cool stuff. Mortgage money? Shush. You heard nothing. <laughs> and uh, this is my main show, but uh, if you are uh, digging on uh, the kind of music that I like, which is a lot of goth and industrial, feel free to go over to Mixcloud and look up Black Donnelly Radio. The show is called The Dark Side every Thursday, more or less. <laughs> I'm putting up new episodes, so it's uh, still a lot of fun, and I still am enjoying it. Join us in two weeks for Moon Knight, Doctor Strange, and Lord knows what else. Until then, I hope everybody out there listening uh, does as well as they can. Mm-hmm. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to the True North Nerds. You can find us at truenorthnerds.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at truenorthnerds. To contact one or any of the nerds, you can email them at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. Theme music provided by Kirby Crackle. You can find more of their music at kirbycracklemusic.com. If you like this show, please go to your podcast app of choice and rate and review us. 